Welcome to Heal. On today's episode, we explore healing pain from a very different approach, the Bowen Technique. Manon Boulanger has trained over 2,500 healthcare practitioners in her body-mind methodology. Through remarkably light touch and intuitively listening to the body's needs, long-term chronic pain can be unwound in mere days, if not hours. It's the the weight of the world on their shoulders, so that's what yeah. we're healing, you know? And, and that's what they're healing, never mind what we're doing. <laughs> that's basically what they're here for, is to lighten that load. What can seem like a miracle cure is actually stepping into higher understanding on the origins of chronic pain, in held trauma in the body, and how to reconnect the disconnected circuitry that has been stuck, sometimes for years. The biggest obstacle to having massive impact on the body is that their misconception is that they can't heal, mm-hmm. that the best they're going to do is deal with their symptoms. And so you have to break that shell, right? And you open up that it's possible. Manon is an international speaker, TEDx speaker, educator, and best-selling author of her book, What If Your Body Is Smarter Than You Think? After 30 years practicing as a naturopathic doctor, she stepped away from her license to devote herself to being the founder and CEO of Bowen College and is a deregistered naturopathic medical doctor. In this podcast episode, we will discuss applications of Bowen beyond pain relief, addressing the mental and emotional aspects of pain, the interdependent nature of physical and emotional well-being, the importance of understanding trauma to unraveling root causes of pain, and the listen principles of love, inquiry, symptoms as symbols, touch, trust, engage, and empower, and now. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Marshall. Well, we made it here. Always. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome that we have this ability to have you on the West Coast and me on the East Coast and all of it. I, I, I notice when I get frustrated when technology doesn't work and then I'm able to actually say, yeah, but also this is pretty amazing and awesome that we have this opportunity to, you know, be together this way and connect. So just going to send out gratitude for it working. It's awesome. So Dr. Manon, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time to share. You've got a world of knowledge and expertise and many, many, many decades of experience. And you are the CEO and founder of the Bowen College. And I have like a thousand questions. I want to know everything. (laughs) (laughs) So first, I want to start with, tell me a bit more about the Bowen technique and what the college and the school is all about. Okay, I, I, I'll i do one tiny thing, though, just yeah. because this is recorded. I can no longer use doctor. Oh, uh, great. In- Clear. Um, even though I've been a licensed doctor for 30 years, uh, because once you, you um, give up your license, you can't refer to it. So um, I'll just correct that for the public. But that has nothing to do with bone college. <laughs> so um, let me let me share a little bit about that passion and that yeah it was a like a whirlwind of how do I get people to understand how amazing their bodies are and how easy it is 
for the body to heal if you give it just what it needs. So that's kind of what drew me to to this methodology, which I didn't come up with. I named it Bowen College after Tom Bowen, who was the who who came from Australia from Geelong. And in the 1950s, he used this, well, he created this methodology. Now, everything comes from everything, as you probably know when you're in, in, in therapy. Your way of looking at things imbues a change and a connection to what you do because you see things differently. So, of course, my knowledge as a naturopathic doctor allowed me to see connections that a chiropractor might not have seen or an osteopath may not have seen. So it's like you take a method that is, in essence, light, simple touch in different parts of the body in a kind of orchestrated way. There is a there is a method to the madness, so to speak, but it's so light that it allows the body to respond and do its own thing. And then the skill is to listen to the body and listen to the person and then follow along and do what's needed for that person. So that's the short version. So it's, you know, as far as physically, it's a cross fiber manipulation, so to speak, but but that's not true everywhere. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's meridian points. Sometimes it's trigger points. Sometimes we still don't know what why the point was where it is. But if you leave it out, it changes everything. So what the beauty of this is after having done it for so many years, I actually, I, I started studying it in 1992. I was shocked at the fact that I don't know everything about it. And, you know, as science evolves and we get to understand more things and certainly Chinese medicine and acupuncture lines and meridian lines and fascia and all the things that, you know, are kind of, they're not new. I mean, they started 2000 years ago, it was done, but understood in terms that we can better repeat all this is kind of more recent, right? All of this is the same with all the work on trauma. Trauma always existed. There were always ways, but we now have a language to explain the mechanism. So this is kind of the same thing. So as our language evolves, we're able to understand better sort of how it works. Hmm. And so so when you reference light touch, simple touch, and the body's ability to heal, you know, my brain immediately goes to like, oh, this is for pain. But I have a feeling this is for a lot more than that. So will you talk more about like, what kinds of things can Bowen technique make a difference with? And and what do you see some of the shifts and changes for people in their health and their life? Okay, well, let's not underestimate pain, because pain is the main reason people come. Mm. That is true. So, but, but here's the thing. Now that we understand pain, we understand the pain body. We understand as well that our mental emotional state also impacts the experience of pain. 
right? So it becomes more complicated. So when I learned this, this technique, it was, oh, it's, it's a technique for pain. And that's all I was told. It was like a 2D, 3D at the best yep. <laughs> way of understanding the body. And it's like, oh, it'll get rid of frozen shoulders, sciatica, migraines, all kinds of musculoskeletal things, which is true. And then when I started having patients who had, for example, a traumatic car accident, and they had gone to physio, and physio is an example of a tooth 3D type of therapy. They worked on the muscles, try to retrain the brain. I'm not saying it doesn't have a place and it certainly can work. But if the body is traumatized, it's not listening. It can't listen. So mm. then when you do Bowen, you're not doing a physical, you are doing physical moves, but you're understanding the trauma that the person has experienced. And that allows you to do moves like the kidney. So you think, oh, well, what does the kidney have to do with a, with a shoulder problem? Well, if we know from Chinese medicine, kidney is the organ of, of fear, right? It's, it's basically where we store also the, the chi. And, and it's like, okay, so you've got life taken out of you almost, you're in this petrified state without addressing the kidney, the shoulder doesn't care, right? So you can't help the shoulder. <laughs> so, so this is how it kind of started with me as I ended up getting a lot of these accidents. And again, I don't believe in, I mean, accidents, everything, there's, <laughs> it always there's a reason for it. Reason, yeah, exactly. But, and, the, and also the state of the mind of the person. So we, we, we do a true holistic interview where we find out everything that is happening for that person from their point of view, right? So when you go to, let's say, I mean, I know naturopaths, it's not at all how we function, but, yeah. but well, except maybe the new ones, <laughs> they're kind of the white or not the white, the green allopaths <laughs> anyway, but the traditional naturopaths I went into to, to do natural therapy and understand the body naturally. What we do is we do take a whole a holistic view of the body. We know better than, you know, we don't just play around with tinctures to copy, you know, pharmaceuticals. There's way more to the body. And we, though we can't say cure and we can barely use the word heal, at least in Canada. So, but but that is our intention is to give the body what it needs to do what it does best, which I believe we're all programmed to heal. So same thing with Bowen. We we give, we understand the context of what the person went through in their own subjective experience. Right? Because the way people speak, the words they choose to use the metaphors they draw, right? That come to their mind. It's not random. It's so it's clear. Yeah. Random. They're, it's they're telling you so much through it. I actually, I'm like tingling over here, Marin, because it's like, you're so speaking my language. And this is absolutely a huge part of the work that I do with clients without, I don't have the physical touch component. I 
work with clients all via telemedicine, which has got an interesting constraint. But a lot of what I do is through language and communication and listening and how people speak. And I actually don't take the standard medical notes the way we were taught. That's in there. But I also literally write down exactly what people say, like dictation, because their phrasing and their language and how they use it tells me so much. And then as they heal, watching their language change. Absolutely. And how they speak alter as things progress. Like it's, yes, I just, I'm over here bubbling. So I was like, <laughs> I'm right there with you a hundred percent. Yeah. But it's exactly like that. Like when we were trained in homeopathy, it was also write down everything. Like, why do we do that? It's because it's, it's, they are the ones in the healing process. We're just the facilitators, right? If we go on top of that and interpret and give a level of our vision onto their vision, we'll never catch their vision. And we can't use the metaphors they used and allow them to to transcend the state they're in. So so what I do with um, students who come to Bowen College, for example, so they learn the physical therapy but they learn what I call the listen principles. And these are principles that I came up with through my own life journey of several things, but we can talk about that later. And they're they're principles of listening to your patient and what to take in, what, what to write down, what process we we would be aware of that may be unraveling, right? And so in a sense, that's the context of where the healing takes place. And when a person has been fully heard in the terms that they fully understand, not this gibberish of us trying to tell them that, well, it's called the acromium and blah, blah, who cares? It's like, whatever, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's 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 the the weight of the world on their shoulders and that's what yeah. we're healing you know and and that's what they're healing never mind what we're doing <laughs> that's basically what they're here for is to lighten that load and then they got into a car accident and now they're petrified right and so we need to deal with that first and the roots of that is this the first time that you felt so overwhelmed with fear, right? So these would be all the types of questions that unravel the real roots of why our body is so perfectly translating into physicality, you know, something we can look at and go, okay, objectively, let's say you can't move your arm past this. Okay, oh, now you can do this, ooh, you know, excellent you can, we can do something because now you've explained everything. Now you're lighter. And we don't say now you're lighter. We just go with it and go, okay, well, let's do this really gentle therapy. And we we do a few moves. I leave the room. We let you, you know, cook mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever, marinate. <laughs> People have different words, but we let the information sink in, let your body process it. And and then we come back and we add more information. And the whole process takes, you know, about 45 minutes. And, and then they they sit up and either they feel 
nothing, which which happens. This is the first visit. They're like, I mean, they feel something. They feel like, whoa, that's really weird or very relaxing or whatever. But not necessarily are there massive changes on the first visit. I always book three because by three, by the third one, they're usually 60 to 80% better. But it can happen within the first five days. And it does happen instantaneously as well. Of course, people get up and they they feel like they're on like eggshells. But I think in English that has a negative connotation. I just mean light. Yeah, has they feathers. feel light, like, yes. Uh-huh. Like, like on clouds. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> eggshells is more that traumatic response. I think. Right. <laughs> anyway, but they feel like, wow, their body can do just about anything. And then they try their body and it's like, oh my God, my hip pain's gone. Oh my God, how did I, how did that happen? You barely blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's right. You you did this. We just gave the language to the blueprint of your body that knows it wants to heal and it figured it out. You know, and so at the end, often, you know, well, I'm French too, but you, you just like, you want to hug your patients and, you know, which I think <laughs> yeah. Canada is, is also illegal now. <laughs> So um, anyway, we're in the, we're in the dark ages at this stage of the game, but it's, I mean, they're going to hug you anyways. So they're just like, oh my goodness, you know, my body did this. And, you know, the bottom line is, I think the biggest obstacle in to curing or curing again, a word we cannot use, but to having massive impact on the body is that the person um or or their their misconception is that it can't that they can't heal mm-hmm. that the best they're going to do is deal with their symptoms and if you think about it that is the bottom line of you know pharmaceutical medicine right conventional medicine or whatever you'll it, never it, heal this is just the best you can do we'll try and keep you in this state for as long as possible and maybe it won't progress fast try and make it progress as slow like as possible yeah yep. and that's their mindset when they come in because they don't you know it's a culture right and so uh, <clears throat> you have to break that shell right a little bit and say well gee i didn't that's not my experience i see people that it looks like they're totally functioning when they walk out of here, you know? So it's like, really, you've seen that, you know, and then you can't use cure. You can't use, you know, all these words, but you, <clears throat> you open up that it's possible. And you're basically dealing with the misconceptions that they're having, that they're programmed from our, you know, our system. And, and then they see their bodies do this thing. <laughs> and they're like, can my body do this? Really? You know, cause then the next level of their, concern is, okay, so it can be done, but can my body do this? Right. And that's the level where- That's the next. Yeah. 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 And it's so, I mean, I have people with smiles bigger than I can imagine. And it feels like a miracle cure. And yet there's actually very concrete, like you said, blueprint, reliable, systematic process to it, which my background is I was a undergraduate in chemistry. I got a professional degree in chemistry. And when I was at naturopathic school, I spent all four years working in the research department and had an honors in research. So like I'm embedded in the scientific research yep. community and we forget that what the root of science is, is inquiry and exploration of hypothesis with reproducible results. 
Absolutely. And, and then we call these things unscientific. And I'm like, do you forget the actual definition of science? Like it's it's literally science. And just everything that you've said about the bodies and, uh, and I, these are my words, you know, our body's amazing capacity to heal itself. And that what I get to do as a naturopath, what you get to do in what you're teaching your students, how to pass on to their, you know, clients and patients is how to unlock or educate the our people in how to tap into that innate ab- ability to heal. And that's literally why I created this podcast was to put a microphone on that conversation that it's capable, our body is able, that our natural default setting is healing, that we have these amazing mechanisms to heal, all of it. So it's it's just mm-hmm. perfect. I I'm not sure. I think I may have worked with a few practitioners who were at least familiar with the Bowen technique. It sounded familiar to me. I've worked with a lot of applied kinesiologists who've done a lot of muscle testing and they will incorporate all sorts of different skill sets into their practices. But I distinctly remember when I was in a workshop with a whole group of us and one of the students in the class had sprained their ankle. And it like any standard diagnosis, this was a category two sprain. It was going to take, you know, six to eight weeks to heal. Everybody knows sprained ankles are really, really difficult. Everybody knows, right, that this is just like, ah, it's even sprains are worse than breaks. You know, all those things that we say. Right. And they were like barely walking on it. It had just happened the day before. And this applied kinesiology chiropractor did some muscle testing, rubbed out a few points, touched the body in a few points, did a few muscle tests. And literally they were hundred percent pain-free and walked away and it never came back. No pain, no instability, nothing in a matter of a 20 minute therapy session. And like that place from our cultural conversation is like, that's miraculous But then where I went as a naturopath was, okay, what are we not being told and taught about actually what the body is capable of and the mechanisms that are there? Because now that's my new standard. Like that's how it should go. But I had to see it so many times and witness it that I started to actually experience that, that, that is what the body can do. Mm -hmm. No, I think, I mean, you've captured that exactly as it is. And, and I think, I mean, we can do the whys afterwards. Well, it hasn't set in the pattern of pain, right? It's just happened. So if we can get in there like Arnica (laughs) and, you know, before it sets in motion, all of the protection, which is partially the swelling, the immobility, because it's trying to keep protect itself. Like if you can get in there and go, hey, how about just clearing this? <laughs> I'm doing an inner voice, you know, then the body goes, sure, you know, let's do it. Right. So and and I've seen that my my daughter used to do um highland dancing and you know they would often get off their their ankle and you know i'd go in there whip up you know maybe 3 minutes and bam they're back on i've done olympic skaters they know where to go <laughs> so mm-hmm. and it's it, you know it's done if the more you honor your body the more in a sense fit you are the faster your body knows how to heal. And also the more likely, if you need a bit of time off to allow the healing to take place, those people will take it. You know, get a jogger who has to jog every day 
who strains their ankle, well, you're going to get terrible results because their primary belief is that they have to jog every day. And so they're never going to give that ankle a rest. Mm. right? And they're using the same muscles, the same thing, and the body has to reset, right? So you have to give, in some cases, a little bit of time for the body to do that. And time, I mean like five days. That seems to be the magical amount of time to to speak the body language in in you know in more complex cases to take that time to rest over 5 days yeah to yeah. allow it to to take place it's like if you're you know if you're a muscle builder and you you're doing your heavy weights but your your muscles of the shoulder are not quite in the right location because you've pulled it you've you know you've done all kinds of things then you go back we've just fixed it you go back in well the brain's going to fall back on the last, not the very last new thing, but on the patterned response. So you're going to find yourself moving a little bit back with one shoulder, you know, just to get it done, right? But you're not doing it with the body in its optimal best position. So, you you know, if let's say we fix a shoulder, you want it fixed before you do the weights and then be really aware of the habits, the compensatory mechanisms that we take on without realizing, you know, and then go, okay, do I have both feet are here? Both shoulders are here. I'm not cheating. I'm not raising. I'm not doing anything. I'm, I'm now going to do it and I'm going to do a tiny bit, but do it correctly. And then we do a little bit more and then we realize, okay, everything's functioning. All the wires are <laughs> hooked up as they should be. And off we go. Now we can do a proper, you know, arm raise or whatever. And I think that's the consciousness that's needed. And a lot of people don't have the patience for that until they are at the desperate end where nothing else works, which is often when we get to see them. <laughs> yes. Yes. I agree. Yeah. I'm, I'm often one of the last doctors that people see for several reasons. <laughs> so how did you end up here? I would love to hear, I know this could probably be a very long, we should get out our cups of tea and, you know, but how, <laughs> tell me a bit about your backstory and how it came to be that you're here founder and CEO of a college teaching this technique and everything that I am can only imagine you're responsible for in order to make that work. Uh, yeah, that's the learning curve piece. <laughs> um, well, I think, I guess it first started, I, I went into, I was doing my master's in law and that, that sounds completely unrelated, but it isn't. Um, I really felt that if people understood, and I'm not saying it's, I disagree with this, but if people understood their rights and their sovereignty on every level, that it was good for them. And then I realized later that it, I actually have to be in medicine <laughs> to do this because what people care most about, I thought, and needed most was their health. Now I would say that that story I've I've been shown that with enough good propaganda, it's actually not true. People can give up their health without realizing it. So anyway, that was but that was my idea is that we we 
we have full autonomy in understanding our health. And so I went then, I actually got accepted both in medical school and naturopathic school. And I thought, well, gee, I'd rather be doing many things to help people than just drugs, you know? <laughs> so, and I'm simplifying, but you know, yeah, that's really my thing. And after finishing the, the college, I felt like I had everything, but I felt like there was something missing. Something not in the understanding and the philosophy, you know, between having homeopathy and 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 the knowledge that we have, the general so-called GP knowledge we have. I felt that that was good, but I felt that touch was essential. So I it's a long story, but this is the, the gist of it. I saw a poster that said physical homeopathy, and I thought, wow, that's exactly what I need. I just you know, I need something that, and though we do learn chiropractic or we call it naturopathic manipulation, eh, it's a bit invasive. It's a bit, you know, body do as I say, rather than do as you do. And I didn't like that so much. Plus I had had tons of chiropractic in my own, for my own health, which didn't cure the problem. And so I saw this poster or at least I thought I saw this poster. I got to this class and there were 40 people in it and and it had nothing to do with that. But about two hours in, <laughs> the, um, the, the instructor who was teaching it said, this is as close to physical homeopathy uh, to, yeah, as, uh, as he's seen. And I went like, oh, okay. So I'm not dreaming. I'm just reading a pamphlet that says nothing like this and I'm in the right place without knowing it. And and then nobody had a knee problem. Now we're all young students. I mean, most of us anyways, you know, we're in our thirties graduating from the college. And so yeah, knee pain, maybe not the most popular thing, but I had this weird thing is that I could not touch my knees and I didn't know why. So no acupuncture needles, no massage. It would just give me this like heejibijis or whatever the English word is. <laughs> it's like, leave me alone. Don't touch this. I don't know why. No pain though, right? Just weirdness. And so I volunteered and I said, sure, I've got, I got some weird stuff going on. No idea what it is. You know, let's work on me. And it's within moments into the treatment, basically, as he started doing a few moves, I ended up howling like, you know, one and a half, two-year-old baby, found myself in this blue room in this crib, looking up at this airplane paper mobile thing that was going on. <laughs> and I'm like back there. I'm not even present. And I am yelling and yelling and totally out of my body. And I notice that I have this metal bar and two little white shoes. And the metal bars to keep the white shoes at, because my feet were inverted. Hmm. And so it forced them open. That was the theory at the time. Of course, now yeah. it's debunked, but, or defunct, I think that's the word. <laughs> debunked or defunct? 
either one communicates to me. I wouldn't know whether one is more correct or the other. I like them both. Yeah. So anyway, so that's what I, what I had going on. So I was yelling because I was trying to turn. I couldn't do anything because this metal bar was in the way. So about a couple of hours later, and now in all fairness, they didn't know what to do with that. They weren't sure this is not, they, this was a physical therapy to them, right? And then they come across this person who transcends it. <laughs> and they, they just say, leave her alone, which is the right thing to do. Let, let her process. And that was all correct. <clears throat> but that was the beginning of like, whoa, what just happened here? So I phoned my mom and I said, what is this? You know, I had this vision and she goes, oh yeah, yeah. I have those shoes for you. Um, You know, you had to wear them when you were young and, you know, it was to help your feet and, you know, and, and I went, oh, okay. So basically the, the theory behind this is, you know, move the feet in the right position. Don't worry about the knees. Don't worry about the hips. (laughs) And so at, at when I came into realizing something was not quite right, it was because my knees couldn't be touched. And it's the way that the body was messaging me that there's something not right. Right. So after that treatment, my knees, no problem. I could touch them. And then it actually, I could feel that my hips needed adjusting. And as it turned out before that, I had scoliosis. So it's a long story, so I don't want to put all my pieces together. But anyway, but a lot of things shifted and changed with this simple, gentle touch. And the body is sort of unwinds, does what it needs to do, and becomes like in its truest, most um, optimal form by itself, because we may not remember the history, but the body never lies. The body holds it all in the memory, in our fascia. And so after that, I I moved to Nova Scotia, opened up my practice. The other side, I'm now on, yes. on island. And, and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm just going to do this and see if it helps people. And in a very short time, I had a two-year waiting list. And it went like berserk. And I thought, this is crazy. This is so neat. I don't understand it fully yet, but I I know that it did this for me. And, you know, and off we go. And I never looked back. And then I, I ended up teaching for this organization. And yeah, and then when I started putting pieces together, they weren't so happy about that. They they were more conventional and they wanted it kept, you know, as a big secret and the body as a big secret and and that was basically it. And I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I just had to explain how things work and why it works and, and explore more, you know, that's my nature. So, so we had a little bit of a fallout and then I took, I decided, okay, well, I guess I got to open my own college. And um, that's what I did. <laughs> so that's, that's the, amazing. and I know there's a whole world of that right there, but I just yeah. so appreciate your, your courage and your commitment. I mean, I, I had a great feeling about this interview and now I want to spend like an entire weekend with you. There's a lot we have in common. We can do that in in, in Mexico. (laughs) Yes, I'd love that. No, absolutely. And, you know, I just, I want to revisit before I put my foot in my mouth, go too far here. I want to revisit the conversation of 2D and 3D. 
Cause like that communicates to me, but I think that there's more to say. And what I'm really want to ask you is if it's not 2d and 3d, what else is there? Right. Okay. Well, I think the simplest version of this is, and I did my TEDx talk on this actually, <laughs> so which is why it's no longer available. <laughs> uh, you know, you got to do things. You just got to say it as it is, right? Like in, in 10 years from now, this crazy notion that I had about energy um, is going to be so seen as archaic compared to what is available. But so you know how we call the part of the DNA we don't understand, you know, we understand the strands. Mm -hmm. And then there's all this other stuff, we don't know what it is. Well, we call it junk DNA. Right? That yeah. is, that to me says it all what you don't know, in a pharmaceutical paradigm, and therefore you can't prescribe a thing for it, because you can't name it. You can't diagnose it in the sense of let's create a label and then let's get the pills to fill that label. Well, you call it junk then. And so what I see is that we are more junk than we are what we see. <laughs> but I don't call it junk because I don't like that word. <laughs> so I just call that like of unknown, you know, energy because energy you don't always see. So I don't know what else to call it. I, I'll call it energy. You know, it's it's something, it's like the innate healing force or, you know, in homeopathy, we called it, um, what is that? The, the vital force. The vital force, exactly. Yeah. What is that? You know, it's what it, what goes through us. It, it's what we base our potencies on because you don't want to overwhelm a weak vital force. Whereas a young, you know, fit person can handle more because their vitality is able to take it. <clears throat> so what is vitality? It's the same kind of thing. It's like, you know, there's ways we can come around to measure parts and pieces of it. And where there's theories, we can make backwards on it, but no one's seen it. And I think that a lot of healing, no one's seen no one can say, well, this is it. And for me, I, one of the little gifts that I didn't know was a gift. You know, when you when you have a gift and you don't know it, and you just take it for granted that everyone has this. Mm -hmm. So when I teach Bowen therapy, I I hear the body. So I hear, and I'm assuming what I'm hearing is frequencies. So I can feel the stuckness. I can hear it unglue and I make ridiculous noises you know it sounds like you know and so my students are all doing this weird stuff in the background at least until they get rid of me you know um but it's like yeah I hear it so what happens is the gift is I can actually hear this and I thought everyone could hear this but apparently not so I've been now told that this is quite unique and so maybe back to dolphin origin, I have no idea. <laughs> but so, something allowed me to do this. And from that, I, I, I really understood what moves, and I've created many moves since, and an understanding and philosophy of how the body heals. But based on what I can see, 
is actually happening or here, I should here. say, rather yeah. than you know, and um, and so I think we're we're entering, we're already in it, but entering a world where frequency is going to be paramount, our understanding of the frequencies to heal. And we I think we may have already done this once in history, and <laughs> it's all not yet known to us fully is possible. But I think there's a lot that we're on the verge of discovering. And and I I don't think healing is complicated. I think it's it's been misunderstood and it's been manipulated, you know, it's been controlled. But I think we're we're at a point where this is all going to explode. And so I call it, you know, it's maybe it's 5D. We don't know. <laughs> like it's got dimensions that we have to be aware of in order not to limit possibility. And so I think the the healing that takes place for the the new person learning is to get out of their own way and to truly be open and and notice what actually happens even if you can't fully understand every aspect of it. You know, it's like I went on this um, marketing cruise. <laughs> I'll never forget this. Well, nor will that person. And um, there was a, a fellow that I knew who ended up coming on a wheelchair. And he was a key person for the organization. And it's like, okay, wow. You know, so, you know, that time where you get on the cruise and you can't go to your room and you have to wait on the deck and whatever. So it was that, that moment. And I just thought, okay, we've got these chairs where people suntan. Maybe I just offer him to do this, this work, you know? And um, he was, he said, yes, but I could feel like he was like, you know, I'm, I don't know. I think I'm just going to be in this wheelchair and whatever. And so we did this it took about half an hour, maybe 40 minutes, because I insisted he he stay there and let his body process. And over the next couple of days, well, first of all, he was able to get up. And within a couple of days, he no longer had his his wheelchair. And he just gingerly walked, you know, as much as one can in a in a boat, <laughs> but holding on to, you know, the walls and whatever. But really taking his time to feel every step and allow his body to totally rewire. And I can't remember what caused the problem in the first place. Now I've forgotten, but you know, it was, it was one of those things that this led to this and this, that, and that, and that to that. And, you know, so it was unraveling all of that first and the trauma and then letting the body do its thing, you know? And so I, I still see him sometimes at some of these conferences and, he always points me out and shares the story publicly, which is why I'm sharing it. It's wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So for people who, one, I mean, they can seek out practitioners. They can seek out people that are, are versed in this. If we look beyond that for just any listener who's here in this conversation now, what are some of the things that you could point people towards that can make a difference in, you know, what we're here for in, in the HEAL podcast is unraveling those blueprints and, and creating a new language for people to recognize the body's capacity to heal. So what would be a few things that you could recommend for people to notice, pay attention to, ask questions about, or even do for themselves from your experience? Mm. 
Well, I, I, I have a book that is um, probably worth a read. <laughs> so I, I called it, I named it after my TEDx talk, which is, what is the name of it again? What if your body is smarter than you think? Yeah, that's what I finally chose as a title. Um, and what that does is it goes through the listen principles that I teach my students and every principle is explained with um, many case studies of how that particular principle was applied. So, you know, listen is an acronym. So I could tell you a little bit about that. Um, L stands for love. I is for inquiry. S is for symptoms as symbols. T is for uh, touch, but it's also trust. E is for engage and empower, and N is for now. And so everything is sort of developed so that, and this is what I've given to all my students to give to all their patients. <laughs> it's sort of like come with high expectations, prepare for possibility. Do this work ahead of time. And so I actually teach this. It's called the Body-Mind Reboot. And I have a course starting in January, and that's open to the public. And I go through, it's there's videos, and I also, yeah, on the spot, I deal with, with real people in real situations and show how these principles work. So that, I think, is something. So the book is available on Amazon. Yeah, the course is available with me in January. And then those who are like, Okay, that sounds good, but I just want to know about Bowen. I have something called the Healing Accelerator, and it's a sort of jump start. You go in all the way, <laughs> you learn about this, but you also come to heal. So it's the way that I teach this is not do this for that. It's what do you have and what everyone has. So we we work in a circle, and it's like a healing circle. And mm -hmm. through the dynamic of the whole, I end up, or my my instructors teach all the parts that they need. But by the end of the four days, um, they're a different person, both emotionally, physically, and uh, spiritually. It's a whole other transcendent. I have um, a course coming up in Mexico. That's why I said <laughs> Mexico 5th <laughs> in Puerto Vallarta. To the what 11th. month? In December. December. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's open to the public as well as to healthcare practitioners. Brilliant. And of course, it's a it's a first intro. And then there's, you know, depending on your knowledge, if you have lots of knowledge, then obviously you can, there's things you can pass. But if you don't, I have everything available because I believe that, you know, it's no, healing is no big secret. It's like, we can all do it. And all you need is, you know, them. A big heart and and two hands. It's, it's useful to have two hands. <laughs> so. Other hands can be borrowed too. You can even probably do it with one hand. Yeah, it's wonderful. Well, yeah, I think yeah. absolutely. Things things um yeah, we can always adapt, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, and this was 
so beautiful and so wonderful to get to be with you and your energy. I mean, I just have a sense that even just getting to be in this conversation and listen in is a healing experience. You just, your energy and your presence and what you've cultivated for yourself is pretty miraculous in and of itself. And I'm really honored to have, to get to spend this time with you. Mm, Well, thank you. (laughs) It's hard to uh, dull my enthusiasm. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want that dulled at all, but I completely hear you. So yeah, we'll make sure that there's links to your website, to the college, to the resources you shared. We'll all be on the show notes um, and uh, to the book. We'll have all the resources available for the podcast um, for anyone who's ready to take some action and take the next steps with it. And just again, thank you so much for your time and being with us today. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much to today's guest, Manon Boulanger, for her courage and willingness to stand up for what she knows is right. For all the resources for today's show, visit sarahmarshallnd.com slash podcast. Special thanks to our music composer, Roddy Nickpour, and our editor, Kendra Vicken. And as always, thank you for being here. We'll see you next time.